Great show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We have Paloma Estevez in the house. Paloma is a professional drummer, film and television composer, athlete, surfer, and Reiki master. She also throws one hell of a party. Also on the program tonight, special guest Matt DiMarino. Matt is a professional musician, composer, actor, and artist. He's also one hell of a funny guy, and I'm so glad that he could come on tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to The Podcastle. I'm your host, Matthew Clark. Very special guest tonight. We introduce Paloma Estevez. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for being on. Uh, Matt DiMarino, old friend as well. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. I actually never met them Good before. Be. We met on Craigslist earlier no. today, so it's it's kind of awkward with everything. Little, but yes, I made I, I made sure I was six cities over from where you are now, just so I have enough of a buffer. <laughs> well, I do. I did put together a little bio, so you guys tell me if this is accurate. But I I I've known Paloma and Matt. I met Paloma. She's friends with my wife. Maybe honestly, like ten years ago at a party you had, like this epic. You used to have these epic parties. Uh, maybe you still do and I just haven't been invited but they were like they were pretty amazing <laughs> so that's how I met Matt and through Paloma um, you know we've been in touch and I remember I met Matt uh, and I was like hey I'm Matt what's your name he's like uh, I'm, I'm Matt I was like oh hey like you know where you're from you know I'm from Philadelphia and I was like I'm I'm from Philadelphia too uh, so it was this like and that cool thing and I thought you were just repeating everything I was saying so then, then yeah you, Matt, you, Matt. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm a big, dumb jerk. And I, you know, and then I said it too. And it was just awkward. From that point on. I'm actually, yeah, I need an appendicitis. I'm actually having like kidney stone problems. I'm like, oh, I need appendicitis. I'm actually having kidney stone problems. You're like, no, no, it's not funny. No, no, it's not funny. And, you know, it was going all day. But uh, Paloma is a drummer, excellent drummer, I should say, surfer, Reiki master, an athlete of sorts. And as I said, can throw one hell of a party. Is that accurate? Am I being... Am I, am I accurate with my, my, my bio here? It's Paloma? pretty accurate. I feel like I should add that now to my, to my bio throws one hell of a party. It's not in there. I feel like you yeah. should. Yeah. Yeah. But then, but then, then you might get like hanger honors, you know, which yeah. is like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. You don't need that. Like people like me, you know, you know, it's, 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 it's out of control. No. Yeah, sure. And uh, Matt is a musical musician, uh, extraordinary musician. Actually, you uh, perform an angry young band. Is that is that still still happening? Yeah, well, they they are, but I am not, so I'm no longer with them, uh, sadly. But um, but yeah, they're Sorry. they're doing no, they're <laughs> no. Was, I hope uh, they do bad. I hope they fail, and you start Philly Joel, the well, other Philly Joel band. Well, they can just remove the N out of band, and then it can just be Angry Young Bad. But no, they're uh, they're a great they're a great band. They're doing well, and I'm just uh, I'm here doing my own thing. And thing? yeah, and I want to say. Um, Paloma has played on a couple of the records that I did when I when I was in LA and and it's I mean yeah she is amazing an amazing drummer that's why I kept hiring her back again and we did some live stuff too um hell, hell of a hell of a cone player too so all around percussionist so the best yeah you guys are extraordinary I'm honored just to you know know you as a as a fellow musician on a like here's where you guys are here, here's where I am down here with my guitar and bass playing uh, but you guys are just extraordinary. Um, it's truly amazing. And Matt, you're starring in alongside Adam Sandler, Robert Duvall, and the upcoming film Hustle this summer. <laughs> it's third billing, get, right? Just edit that starring part out. Um, it's 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 funny because I got deal. it's huge. No, it's not. But it's not true. It's not accurate. It's not. <laughs> I think 
it is though. It is. I I've I researched this. You've um, thoroughly done it. I can tell you've thoroughly did. done. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> the the movie is called Slow Down, and it stars uh, Burt Reynolds back from the dead, and it's completely. <laughs> See, it's opposite. It's opposite. Everything you said. Right, right, right. Um, He's chewing. We'll cut all. We'll cut all that out. It's okay. No, Um, no, it's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) No, I. It. Well, what's funny is that I got. I've been getting like more acting stuff, acting jobs here now that I'm in Philadelphia. So I think, I think Los Angeles was just waiting for me to leave, and they're just like, okay, now, now you're good. Now you can. Now you can work. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that. Doesn't that like happen more often than not when you leave a place? Things like light up that you associate with the place before. I remember, you know, I live in Philadelphia. It was, it was you know, a great upbringing, like good, good city. But when I moved out here, I really like appreciated it more. I was like, Oh yeah. Like we have the Liberty bell and all that. I, I've been there like once, but like, I love it. You know, like go John mm-hmm. Adams. I felt like you appreciate things more and things kind of light up after you leave. I, I don't know why that is. Yeah, it's true. I, I grew up in Malibu, California. So I know exactly how that feels. <laughs> I'm like, wow. <laughs> that's a different world really different right really um, appreciate it now i want yeah, to ask was, you yeah. oh go ahead i'm sorry no i was i was just going to speak to that because yeah i mean like that's that's one thing i did love about southern california and like la and specifically it's just that like you could in one day you could be driving through three different quote-unquote worlds you know like the mountains the desert and and then the city you know yeah. like so it's just like an amazing place what was so weird when I, you know, moved out here, uh, like 2009, was how like neighborhoods can change from like one street to another. You know, you could be driving through a neighborhood with like Rolls Royces in the in the driveway and like gates, and then like a street over, it's like not a good part of town, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like very quickly, which is we didn't really have that like in Pennsylvania. It was you know kind of like bunched together. You have to like there was like a you know like a progression of how mm-hmm. things. But here it's like it's it blew my mind. It's wild. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you a Reiki question, if I may, because I'm very curious about this. So it's 100 years old this year. Okay. I that's found that out today. Wow. Okay. Is, that, is that real? Is that yeah, real? it was founded in 1922, which I had no idea. But like, I, I read this article recently, and it was saying that more and more people are recommending, am I saying it right, Reiki? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're recommending this more as an alternative to mental health treatment versus like prescriptions and stuff, which, which makes sense. Cause yeah. like, you know, as Americans or, you know, people in general, our first reaction is like, let's get some meds, you know, uh, get, let's get, let's get medicated. I feel like that's this like smart treatment. Like, what do you think about all that? Do you like agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on the severity of the case. I am not, you know, being a Reiki master doesn't make me know everything about it but I feel like from my experience it definitely um has changed people's lives that I've seen it's changed my own life um in terms of depression and anxiety it's really really helpful it really is and um and if you really think about like everything being energy you're just really molding energy and moving stuff out of the way so that you can get to who you really are is really the basis of Reiki it's just kind of clearing clearing energy yeah, it sounds like a beautiful thing, you know, like I feel like we could all benefit from that because yeah. I look at myself, I'm upstairs, I'm like all over the place, like OCD, ADHD, like manic depression, like whatever they, you know, Petri dish of things they could like whip up, they just like throw at me. So like growing up and, you know, to this day, it's like medications, they do this and that, but I feel like 
if you could kind of tackle like the issues underneath and, you know, through some kind of healing, whether it's Reiki or whatnot, that's better than band, you know, bandaging the problem with absolutely some yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It kind of, it goes more to the root of things for sure. It's definitely not a bandage. Um, and it's really gentle too. I like that about it. It's a really gentle healing modality and, and it doesn't, I mean, it can rock you a little bit sometimes, but for the most part, people experience more like, um, elated feelings than anything like things have been lifted you know um, those are all like great things you know mm-hmm. yeah how, how old were you when you started when you like started either practicing it or just like getting involved and like learning about it yeah um not too long ago i think it was in 2015 i started getting into energy work so i'm still kind of new to it like seven years but but i've always felt though. like yeah yeah i guess but I've always, yeah, I've always felt like since I was a kid, like I've felt energy and I'm, I'm a really serious empath. So, um, oh, that's so awesome to learn more about like who I am as a person and be like, Oh, that's why I feel all this stuff. Cause you know, this is, um, it's a big part of who I am and when, learning when, to work with it with myself has been probably the biggest gift. Yeah, no, that's a lot. That's like super impressive too. Like to, to be able to do all that. And when you talk about like energies, you can like if somebody walks in the room with like a with bad energy or you know great energy you know feelings of elation do you do you pick up on that right away is it like are you in touch with that kind of stuff yeah i mean i wouldn't necessarily call any energy bad either like i i really tend to stay away from judging people's energy but it's like if something isn't like in alignment with me it can definitely feel it yeah because as opposed to bad energy maybe just there's something going on with that person that they're giving off some kind of distress. I don't know what the term is, but is yeah. that like accurate? Like maybe they're, yeah. they're struggling with something. It's not that their energy's mm-hmm. bad. They're just going through some shit in their life. Yeah, exactly. I'm just kind of vibrating in a different, in a different area in a different way. Cause they're having probably. Yeah. Isn't that an overthrown term to overuse term? People are like, Oh, they got bad energy. It's like, you don't know. You know, yeah, I, it's like, yeah. oh, his energy's bad. I'm like, you got him for five seconds. <laughs> yeah. <It's> fine. <laughs> no, they're talking about a, a brand of an energy drink called Bad Energy. They have a whole jug of it. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> so, do you like, Paloma, do you do, <laughs> it's funny. Do you do like sessions with people? Like do, do people seek you out to be healed? Yeah, I was doing that for a while. In the past couple of years, I'm more focused on music again, but I took kind of like, kind of an interesting interim and in between music projects and and focused on that for a little bit. Um, But in the last, like since COVID, um, I've really just directed it at myself more than anything, which has been the most beautiful experience. That sounds beautiful and amazing too, to have that kind of, to weld that kind of power, have that kind of like magnitude of, you know, that sense of healing to be able to like weld that towards yourself, especially during the pandemic. I mean, I feel like we all, we all could have benefited from that. Yeah. And we all have it within us. Like anyone can do it. So it's not. So you, so you can, you actually can like perform it on yourself or like, you Mm -hmm. know, do, wow, that's pretty cool because I don't know if there's like too many things that you can actually do that, like proceed, not like procedures, but like, cause I, it, it strikes me as like, it's, is it like a, like a, is it almost like similar to acupuncture? like where you're touching on certain, like where like you're hitting certain points or something like that. Yeah. I, I kind of, kind of like that. It's kind of like meditation really, if anything, like mm. how you can meditate to like calm yourself down. 
like Reiki is that same thing, but maybe mixed with like an acupuncture kind of point of view where like, if I felt like I have a lot going on in my head, like I would give myself Reiki here and start clearing the energy around my head and, and move stuff. So, yeah. Hmm. I feel like too, with like in today's day and age where everybody's so busy and I'm not trying to turn this into like a sociology segment or anything, but like <laughs> everyone could benefit from, from just slowing down a little bit, you know, whether it's meditation or Reiki or whatever, like just, just slowing yourself down. I mean, you wake up, the worst thing you can do is like go right to your phone. And that's what most people do. They like pick up their phone and all of a sudden start like inputting data and information. And it's like, you're just, it, it's too much. It's just too yeah. much. No wonder you're burnt. People get burnt out all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you wake up too, I'm learning so much more about the subconscious lately. Like when you wake up, you're closer to connecting with your subconscious than you are during a waking time. Mm-hmm. And like, right when you wake up is the time where you can really focus on the really positive aspects in your life. And I feel like picking up your phone is like the absolute worst thing you could do. And I know that from personal experience because I did it for years. Um, it was just like going right on email and text and, um, you know, yeah, so, yeah it's I, a helpful habit. Can I just say, yeah, that, that little like, like very small frame of time when you, when like you're about to wake up, but you're not fully awake yet. That is my, that's my favorite, like like it's not a time of day necessarily but it's like you know it's just my favorite like mo- like you know mental state to be in because i can't tell you how many times something has come to me like an idea or something and it's like it's like it's fully fleshed out or fully like worded in a certain way that like and and there's been like times where i'm like oh i'll i'll you know i'll write that down when i'm like when i'm up and when i'm cuz i don't, i want to go back to sleep or whatever and then you try doing that afterwards and it's like, it never comes out the same way. And it's like, you could only capture it then. So I, I've now like forced myself to like, when I, when that happens, like, even if it's like, it's like, I think the other day it was like five 30 in the morning. I had to get up and like write this whole thing out because I knew that like, that's the only time I was going to get it, you know? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm with you on that too. That like time right before you're out of bed or wherever, mm-hmm. you know, and you kind of, you're in that, you're in the zone where like ideas are kind of flowing and there's no pressure and there's no like outside interference. It's kind of like being on a, well, not like being on a plane, but the, the air, airplanes, I always thought like, unless you're connected to Wi-Fi, are like the best spot to be in the world because there's literally nothing you can do. Everything's out of your control. You can't be reached. Like you're alone, you're isolated. It's out of your hands. There's no temptation. And uh, like, you know, there's early, that time before you're like fully out of bed or whatever and you're awake, like the ideas just flow, you know? It's like a fresh mm-hmm. like slate. And I write stuff down too. And then I'll go back at like three o'clock and be like, what the hell was I thinking? And then I'll, <laughs> I'll write down better things like the next day. And I'm like, oh, that's what I meant. But it's but cool. That's, but that's part of it. That's part of the like creative process too, is like writing something. And then like, you might, you might try like changing it or whatever. But if you, you know, the next time you come back to something, like I've listened to some things that I like recorded, like, you know, years ago, like up to 10 years ago. And I finally, because I, I have a different perspective on it, like different like set of ears on it, like almost literally because in you know, our bodies have like changed like so many times throughout the years. And then I go back and listen to it. I'm like, oh, that's what that one thing needed. And that's why I couldn't finish the song at the time, you know, and now I can. So now I can like put out a song that I like wrote a did a demo of like 10 years ago. And it's got like a different like twist on it, you know, because it's like part of 
it's, it's part of like a younger version of me and then part of like an older version. And I like, that's so like important to remember. I think if, if you're doing anything creatively, you have to give it time to, to sit and come back to it a number of times, you know, versus trying to get it right the first time. You know, I just think, I don't know what you guys think about that. That's the so process. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah. And especially when you think like, okay, it's done. And then you go back three days later, you're like, all right, I'm just going to double check. And then it's like, oh my God, thank God. And like put that out into the world. <laughs> it's so not. Yeah. Good. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> we're our own, we are our own like harshest critic, I think, or biggest critic, I, I should say, you know, like to dissect things like with any artist, you know, um, yeah. I just, I worked on a, a, a screenplay this year. It was, the, it was only the second one I wrote. The first one was like in 2010. So I don't really have the time, you know, the attention span to write these long things. But I think I went through like 20 drafts because there was like little things I would, I would think about at night. That's like, that doesn't sit right, you know? And it's like, you kind of beat yourself up, but when you see like a good finished product and I'm not saying that is it because it's not, but like, generally like that's that's like the way to do it you know there's like those little idiosyncrasies like you, you pick up on you want to like make it perfect or your version of perfect whatever that is um i want to ask some music questions like you guys are you know uh super creative and just fantastic musicians paloma on her instagram she posts like live concerts that look like pre-covid crowds which is amazing i'm like i wish i could just be there you know, to mm. see this, uh, like what do you guys work? And that, um, you're probably like one of the biggest musical prodigies I've ever met. If not the only, I, I just think you're incredible with what you create. Um, what are you guys like working on now? Like, are you, what kind of projects are you doing? Are you doing shows? Like what's happening? Go ahead, Matt. Uh, oh, me. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I wish I was doing like more more things that required you know like announcements or something like that but i've i've just <laughs> not to make it a long answer but um i oh, no. like Good i'm literally go <laughs> i'm going like from I, I like doing children's parties and doing character work for like like one day and then i'll do like risk assessment the next day so i'm like i have all these different like gigs that i'm trying to scrounge together you know for you know day to day but um i, I am I am getting, uh, I've been getting something together. You know, I thought I had like a, an EP ready, but it's just never the way it's never coming out the way that I want it to. So <laughs> but, you should do the, the Kanye West thing and just keep teasing it and then come up with your own platform and be like, yeah, you have to get the D Marino player. It's 400 that's, bucks. I can't decide. Right. Like, I'm pretty sure that's a, that's a really smart thing. Like I understand not to get on a con Kanye tangent, but like, right. I, Cause I've been watching his uh, documentary, which is if you haven't, you should you should be watching that genius that. have you oh yeah 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 it's yeah like i'm i'm not even like the biggest fan but like i'm fascinated that that footage exists of of him because that's a peek into a world that like you're rarely gonna see like ha like somebody who's a big the biggest you know hip-hop rap star in the world and yes. then, you know go going from like a nobody fighting all the way to the top basically so yeah. um but, to, your, to your point real quick the kanye thing and also get back the beatles one uh i'm just amazed that 60 hours of footage from the beatles like were never released before you know like i'm a beetle maniac i thought i owned everything with so many mm. with such a you know uh an audience for that i'm just surprised they released that that they they never released that before so to see like these musicians up close and personal uh and see that process it's 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 pretty cool you know 
Uh, but for the for the EP stuff, you like, do you have one that you're working on, or you're just like tinkering with it? Like, how far along are you with that? Yeah, I every time I think I'm like onto like a a set of a set of you know like the 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 issue with me is that I just don't have like a prop like a like a system in place where I go and I do the same thing every time. It to me, it's just it's always different because I never know what I'm. Sometimes I don't know what I'm gonna do when I sit down, and then other times like I'll pull out from one of my like like demo tapes and then i'll just like start working on that so it's it's like always different i really have to stop doing that because like i'm resetting my brain i feel like every time <laughs> every time i sit down it resets um, the process kind of thing yeah but i mean there's there you know i, I eventually maybe you know I, I will come out with something but not, nothing on the on the books yet <laughs> oh pump man you gotta keep yeah. us posted yeah, we'll we'll do. You should sure. leak it yourself and be like, ah, oh, I don't know how this got out. Like this is kind of yeah. crazy. You know. Honestly, <laughs> make that's the audio a little bad. Like somebody recorded it from like a phone. Yeah, right. And then in the in the beginning, it's just like, so, do I leak it now? Right now? Okay, okay, go. And then it's like a there's like a self-aware introduction. <laughs> but you're you're live, like when you do live streams. By the way, follow Matt and Ploma on you guys aren't a unit. I'm talking like you're a phalanx, like connected. There's Follow Matt on Instagram at the underscore MD underscore is underscore here and Paloma at uh, Paloma Estevez 15 on Instagram. Um, just want to throw that out there. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but Paloma, like, what are you working on now? Like, what's your, what's your thing that's happening in the works? I've got a couple of things, but I wanted to say about the, the creativity piece that Matt was talking about um, that. Yeah, I totally relate to that too. It was like having the system in place is really challenging. Cause I tend to be super ADD when I get creative and I have like, I don't know how many projects I can have going at the same time, you know, like, and then nothing gets done. You're like, well, yes, <laughs> there's like little pieces <laughs> of things everywhere. I'm like, Oh, I just want to yeah. deal with that. How, how do and you I don't know that. Like, I don't, I'm asking, like, I, I do the same thing. I have like all these little things that I'm working on, but like not, one really gets finished. And then what if it does, I like lost interest in it. I'm like, oh, this is well, better thing. Like, how do, do you guys, guys navigate that? Do you guys have like a running list of like projects? Like, and then you give it like, there's like a broader span of projects that I have, but like any given day when I wake up, like maybe two or three of them will like just come to mind as like top of mind. So I write those down. That's like my, my current to-do list. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm really like, you know, I'm really, I'm really excited about these three things. So I'm going to like try to check those off. Like, I don't know. Is it like a revolving like list that you guys do? Yeah, I kind of do the same thing. And then mm -hmm. like, it depends on my interest level too, which is like the, the kind of comedy around creating. Cause you like, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I get so excited about like my new creations, like obsessed. Oh yeah. But for like, three days. <laughs> yeah, you're happy. You're like <laughs> proud of it, right? Yeah. yeah. And like three days later, I'm like, what was I doing? Like, it kind of like, doesn't matter anymore. And then I'll start something else. Like, um, so yeah. So that can be kind of funny where like that's, it's the most important thing ever until it's just like the bottom of my list is fascinating to me. That, that's really yeah. interesting. Because, oh, I'm sorry, Matt, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm cutting everybody off. Oh, no, 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 no. You're good. Well, I want to, I wanted to bring up an example from Billy Joel, if I might, uh, nice. because he, he, he always says like famously that he loves to have written he doesn't like to write. He loves to have written. Like, in other words, he's he's fine with like resting on his uh, previous body of work. And I kind of I understand that. And I and I don't understand it like from I understand it from a point of like, well, you get to a certain age 
And like, you should be able to like enjoy your time or whatever without having to like constantly be like grinding and uh, trying to keep up with the, with the latest thing. But at the, from a creative perspective, like, you know, I'm like Paloma, like you said, like, you know, you just want to like, you, you three days you're excited about something and then you're onto the next thing. Like I have to do that too. I don't know. And it's probably like a, like a mental like, disability that I have, like where I have to like keep, keep creating something in order to like be like excited in that, in that state of mind. You got to keep it like alive, you know? Yeah. So back to your point about Billy Joel too. And I know like everybody's unique, but I think that whole scenario really worked for him because he, his last album effectively was like 94, something like that. Like his last, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, mainstream album. Um, and he's never written a bad song where you have somebody like Elton John, who's just as famous, who's written just as many great songs, ha- has written a lot and of they're bad all bad. Ones. They're all bad songs. They're yeah. all bad no. songs <laughs> because he never stopped. He just releases an album like every year, you know, like maybe uh, I think they got into a feud and Billy Joel was like, you know, why don't why do you can you stop not, you know, not stop releasing music or something? And Elton John's like, why don't you write more albums? And um i feel like it's different for everybody that's, but that's, it works for the, joel that's the most songwritery like like fight that i've ever heard why don't you write more songs? why don't you write less songs <laughs> yeah that, that's it was something ridiculous <laughs> but like but he yeah like what was that i just said that's amazing I love uh, it's yeah. so funny well, like when i saw i looked up elton john's like uh wikipedia page one time and he was literally doubling up on albums like when he was like young in like the 70s and probably like in the 80s too but like he's putting out two a year and i was like that's crazy because like nowadays like bands will put out like one and then maybe three years later they'll do like a follow-up you know um, yeah yeah it's 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 crazy when you look at that stuff do, do you guys when you would okay so you're you're both professional musicians when you record something uh you know with other people and you notice like it's not up to what you would want it to be, but it's not you that's doing it. It's like somebody else, like maybe the guitarist, like wasn't hitting it where you wanted him to. Do you do you hold back a little bit or do you do you like want to get it done right and do it again? I'm talking about when it's done, not like when you're listening back. Like if you notice something that was off, are you pretty like regimented about like, yeah, we got to we got to do this right and go back there. Like, how does that uh, work? Other people's other people's other people's. Or- yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you're playing, you know, you're, you're, you're doing a track and you hear it back and you're like, I don't know, like that. Yeah, I think you were kind of off there. Do you do you hold back or do you do you kind of like, you know, make it happen to where you got to redo it sort of thing? I feel like in my experience, I let I let people do what they need to do. But with my own performances, I'm like a psycho perfectionist. So, yeah. But- you're yeah. a perfectionist because I like with myself, but other people, I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. Like that's you. Like you do you, <laughs> you, do you. have fun. You want to out of tune, but yeah, because, because you're a perfectionist though, that's like the, the borderline of like insanity and, and genius, you know, like you want it to be done right. Like that's probably why you guys do so well, you know, like, you know how you want it to, to sound like, and, and you get it done, you know, you don't just settle yeah, and half ass it. If someone's out of tune, I will tell them. That's probably where I, that's my, I draw a line there. Like You have to do it. Oh yeah. That's like unacceptable if it's live. Have you ever played a live show and somebody, and I'm not, you don't have to mention names or I'm not saying anybody out, but somebody you're playing with kind of sounded like shit. And like, you're like, oh, what's going on? Do you ever have to like deal with that kind of situation during a live show? 
This is where really? the scan the scandal's coming out now. I'm just wondering because like playing, uh, play, playing live shows, it's not like a sketch or where you can just like redo it. Like it's that it is what it is. Like, you know, that's why people practice. Like, have you ever had any, any yeah. anything happen like that? I used to be like such a psychopath when I was younger with perfectionism that I actually would be like, I would like talk to people after performances, even in like when really? ensemble. Yeah, because I didn't practice because I was such like, I practiced like as much as I possibly could. And then I would be so offended if people showed up and weren't prepared. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's your time too, right? <laughs> that was when I was younger. Um, I feel like the more I've matured, where I'm just like, I feel like the more professional I guess I've gotten, the less I'm in that situation anymore. Thankfully, you know what I mean? Like I'm not really yeah. in that environment where I'm like, wow, that person is awful. Like, I just don't, I don't find myself there anymore. Now I, I am so grateful that I find myself in situations where I'm like, oh my God, like I'm on stage with people that are so much better than me, you know, like fantastic musicians. And, and I'm really grateful for that because I have gone through a lot of what you're talking about. <laughs> over the years. But, but I think because, and tell me if I'm not right, but because you guys have been doing this for so long and, and, uh, you're, you know, you're young and, and you're doing, I sound like an old man. I'm like, you guys are young back in my day. Uh, but like, you've been doing this for so long and you're so good at what you do. You're, you're probably in such high demand that people want to like have you in their band and they want you to drum for them and that like they want to do stuff with you. You can be like more selective now, right? Like you can kind of, or you can be selective, I should say, you know, that's true. I mean, you can kind of pick what you want to do. And, and because of that, you can probably get a better caliber of musicians to work with yeah and I feel like the longer you do it too like the people who aren't as you know um expert kind of fade away you know like they don't they end up not doing it as long as you they're kind of they tap out at a certain point kind of fizzles them out or they're or they're just like they're on like another like the tier maybe below you below that or like uh, like because there's definitely you know there's like the weekend warrior type of people type of like musicians you sure. know, where they're just all they all they want to do, all they really care about doing is like just getting out and having fun. And like, so it's not as like much of a priority as it is like, you know, for someone trying to do it, you know, professionally. Mm -hmm. um, but I just want to want to say, Paloma, that like, I don't know. I don't know if you said you didn't you don't really do this anymore, but like you used to practice so much. I remember that. And you're like one of the only musicians i know that like just like practice non-stop and like obviously it's it's paid off and it shows and like i was always like and like not envious but like i would always like like think look at you and be like why can't i do like why can't i just sit down and practice because like, i never did that i never could do yeah, how that. do you have the restraint to do that you know I've i hate practicing honestly like it's like not my favorite part of my day but it's just, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's but just you do it every day I just, yeah, there's some things in, in life that I'm really easily disciplined with. And that's just, it's been one of them where it's like, this is just what I do. Like you make a decision and you, and you stick with it. Um, I definitely don't practice as much as I used to. Um, that's for damn sure. I, I was at like, I don't know, four to seven hours a day, probably. Oh my gosh. That, yeah. It's a little outrageous. Dedication. Now I'm at like one to two. So that's, that's a still a, a normal a normal one to two hours a day oh yeah, yeah. basically get, just skating by you're gonna get blisters. Blisters. That's what it feels like compared to it's a lot that's yeah. awesome <laughs> how, how many drum sets do you own 
Um, let me so guess. You, let me guess. I'll tell oh. you. What's your guess? I'm going to say four. Oh, four? Uh, you're close. I have three. Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot of drum sets. <laughs> yeah. You just sold one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt and I just stole one. No, uh, that, that's a lot of hours to practice. Um, that's amazing. I think, I think a better question is asking a guitar player how many guitars they have. There's, there was like, <laughs> like I don't know, like 25. I never get that right. I, I've talked, spoken to people like, how many guitars do you think I have? I'm like, I, I don't know. It's kind of a weird question. Maybe like 10 and like 42. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And you're off. like, wait, wait, you just own the guitar center down the road. So that doesn't count. <laughs> 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 Matt, how many guitars do you own? I have uh, three, no, two, ele- sorry, two electrics, one like hollow body electric and then one acoustic. Oh, nice. Like a semi-hollow body? Yeah, because uh, like I, I basically like I was never like a guitar like uh, like head or like, you know, um, you know, like one of those guys, because I all I cared about was like hitting all the sounds. So I have like I have a Strat. I have um, a Les Paul uh, and I have the hot like the jazz, like jazz kind of um, it's a Gretsch, it's a Gretsch hollow body. And then, oh, yeah. Yeah. The Gretsch. yeah. Uh, and then I have acoustic electric. And then so like. I, if I got another guitar, it would be like uh, like a Telecaster or something. So like, because I I just oh I kind of use yeah. it as like utility like utility purposes rather than like um, you know I like the look of it or whatever or you know stuff like that. So. That's what's up. That's what you want to do too. Um, yeah, I feel like it's, the semi hollow body sound sound pretty good. It's I amazing. Yeah. Those. yeah, I got it discounted at at a yeah at the aforementioned store but like i didn't realize after like years later i was trying to sell it at one point and the guy flips it over and he's like oh what is this got a crack in it and i was like no it doesn't and i look at it sure enough it's got a crack and it was like it was like the floor model so i guess that's why it was like you know on sale (laughs) but it's it sounds fine like you can't you can't tell yeah yeah no like that's all that matters a lot of those like secondhand uh spots that you get guitars from uh, are great too. You know, you always have somebody that has like a great guitar that bought it at one point and just never played. And like years later, they don't really know much about it and they sell it or get rid of it. And like, you can score some, I don't know why I'm telling you guys about this. I'm like, you know, if you look for bargains, you can find a good one. Like, well, you called us, you called us youngsters before, <laughs> yeah. I think. No, my mother, my mother's a nurse. Okay. She takes care of, you know, she's like home care. She goes to different people's homes and like take care. And there was a, gentleman that she took care of for a long time he recently passed passed away he didn't really have any family so she left her like stuff that he had in his garage and stuff like because he didn't know anybody and in there was a 1962 gibson les paul in like fairly good shape so um it's like mom she he doesn't know this was like a, it's a really great guitar and it's like oh like he doesn't is it worth anything and i'm like yeah like people you know some people just don't know they don't know like what they have um so it's pretty cool if you like look around i want to ask you guys uh i have a bunch of questions here but i know i know i've wasted enough of your time um but okay best show i have a, i have another podcast to get to so let's, uh, let's <laughs> yeah yeah me too yeah <laughs> you, you guys are doing your own podcast after this and i'm like can i come and you're like no isn't it dinner come. time it's like dinner time where you guys are or past dinner a little past dinner time Plumber, why are there like 50 people in the background sir <laughs> <laughs> party tonight <laughs> no no matt i'm not it's um 
uh, yeah, uh, it's a little, no, no, no big deal. It's just a couple people. They're, they're Reiki patients, but they're not patients. They would just be people, but, uh, I gotta go. I wanted to ask you guys, uh, what's like the best show. I know this is such a overused question, but if you had to pick like the best show and the worst show you've ever done, like what's like a highlight of one of your live shows. Damn it. Besides the universal bar and grill, which I saw you play at once, but I nailed it. No, I'm serious. It was awesome. You, did? you saw me play there. I did. I did indeed. It was like, uh, it was a long time ago. It was like 2010. Okay. But... Who was it playing with? Wow. Um, Do you remember? I don't remember. I will. I will remember it. I definitely remember it. It's tucked away Did somewhere. Tap this was it. Tap this. This final yes, tap. Yes, that's what it was. That's in? exactly what it was. Oh my God. So yes. Wow, tap that's... this. It was awesome. Are they still around? Are they still together? No, we kind of oh. fell apart they, as a unit. They tapped out. They tapped out. <laughs> <laughs> we tapped out. Yeah. That's all. Uh, I haven't heard that that name in a long time. Like Universal Bar and Grill. I remember. Is that still around? It's still, still around. Yeah, it made wow. it through the pandemic and everything. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's got to be one of my favorite bands I've ever been a part of. I don't know about shows, Matt. That's like, that's a really tough question. Um, that's I'm like the Viper Room, too. That was. Oh, cool. That was it, too. That was cool. Yeah. That's where I met Dylan, I think. Okay. Oh, was I playing with Dylan? No, he was. I think he was just there as like a fan, like okay. a friend. Like I, he was like there and that's where I met him. But uh. But yeah, that was cool. It was a good time. Okay. Nobody cares. I'm just like, yeah, I saw you once. Like, uh, like we were hanging out at a place and there was like a guy there and you're like, great questions, Matt. <laughs> End of interview. No, uh, but no, like you, I, that's a tough question. But do you guys have any like highlights you can think of or, or something that like really stands out? as like an incredible performance. Yeah, I feel like in terms of like when I try and remember my shows, I've gotten to the point now, which is such a blessing. And I hope this doesn't sound like rude coming out, but like I'll get to a, a venue now and I'll be like, God, this feels like familiar. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I played here. Like that's where I'm at now. So I'm like, God, I'm like thinking through like so many shows, which is such a, I'm so grateful for. Um, yeah, that's I, a good like thing to have. You yeah. Know? It's a really good quality problem where I'm like, Oh yeah, I think, yeah, I've totally been here, but it takes a minute. Um, mm. Yeah, I think probably my it's probably my, one of my favorite bragging rights is I played I played a show. It was kind of like a a slash and friends show on a rooftop in Cabo San Lucas. And I'm not sure if it was the show or if it was the sound check that was like one of the more exciting moments of my life. But um, we were <laughs> I think it was the sound check playing the slash. And so we're like about to rehearse. And he, somebody, I think I maybe counted off the song and he's like, you know, this is back to me. And then I count one, two, three, four. And he turns around and he looks at me and we just start fucking playing together. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like, I did not expect that at all. And I'm losing my mind. Right. And I feel like the smallest kid that's like at Disneyland, just, I, I couldn't do yeah. that. the whole song together like that, like just totally jamming. And it was like, one of the coolest moments I've ever experienced. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's insane. It was insane. Yeah. What do you yeah. do in that situation? So the show was awesome too. It wasn't like as vibey, but we definitely like grooved together on a bunch of songs. So amazing. Cool. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. Is that like, I mean, you know, like when you're doing sound check or something, there's no pressure or anything and you're just like uninhibited, like you're just yeah. like, let's do whatever. And then, and then the, sh- and then the sh- like the show like officially started and you're like, okay, we need to like restrain it a little bit, reel it in. And so I feel like it's never, it's like, it never works as well as like, you know, the, like, you know, the sound check or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's, so, that's so cool. He yeah. must have a thing with like rooftop, like slash, like, cause I, I have this vague memory of like, I didn't, I didn't talk to him or anything, but he was like there on a rooftop at like, this like promo party for something. And I was there as like a, a, a uh, guest of, of somebody that I knew, but like, like I, that's the second uh, slash rooftop story. I've heard. Well, I, I've never played with slash, but I did have my tires slashed while parked on a rooftop once. So <laughs> Um, kind of the same. No, I don't know what I would do in that situation. You know, like seeing, having somebody like that, uh, you know, like playing, uh, with them. It's like, that's just, that's incredible Mm -hmm. in Mexico too, you know, really, really cool. Unforgettable for sure. And then probably now that I'm thinking about it, my worst performance ever, I was in, um, like middle school or high school and I was playing trombone, just my first instrument. And, and I think I was in the jazz, I was in the jazz band and you're on like these risers, right. And the trombones are in the middle, the middle section. It's the, the saxophones, trombones, then trumpets are behind you. And, and it was in the middle of the song, the trumpet player behind me, like fumbled with something. And it was like, it was kind of a quiet moment really in the set. And the, (laughs) the music stand went boom and hit me like really hard in the back of the head while oh. I was playing oh my god it's terrible it <laughs> was awful and I was so shy and I was so freaking embarrassed when I was a kiddo like over the smallest thing and I remember I turned like bright red and I tried not to cry but it was like one of those moments I will never forget like, that's awful it's so embarrassing and it hurt really bad and it just like mm. fell all over the place and yeah stupid kid <laughs> oh my god is no, that, that, um, that is that's embarrassing i'm i'm sorry bad. that happened that's, and it hurt. that's wild yeah yeah i was gonna say i hope there's like no like video like no like home video of that like in that moment i hope there is <laughs> right i love that you play the trombone i want all i want all my like yeah. embarrassing moments to like just go away not be really? recorded but... hmm. that's a good, that's a yeah good that point. is cool i didn't know that i didn't know you played trombone that's cool yeah about you, Matthew. You have something that stands out. That was like I, I can't a highlight. Top, I can't top those, those stories. Those are those are good. Um, it's tough also, act to follow. I, I just I like in general. I don't think I've played. Like I'm not as prolifically a like performer as as you are, Paloma. Um, but like this is gonna get sad. But like the worst oh, no. gig, the worst show that I did was like a birth my birthday, and I had. I don't, I don't think I like purposely scheduled it that way, but I was like, Oh, it's my birthday. And sure enough, I can get some of my friends to come out and see me and I show up and nobody came zero people. Came. Oh no. And so, That's so sad. I, right. I know. So, what, how, what so, was, what birthday the, was but, it? Uh, <laughs> well, it was like, I was like in my twenties, I think. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was so just, like, I'm past the point up. of, past the point of crying but i still probably cried uh, on the way home well, yeah but, um but 
the, that wasn't the worst. The worst part was that the promoter, I don't even know, if the, or no, not promoter, but like the booking guy comes over to me and he's like, you know, I'm going to have to charge you for this, right? <laughs> <laughs> what an ass. So I think I ended up That's paying awful. like, I ended up paying like $200 for this like show. And, but that was uh, like a, a, uh, an eye-opening moment for me because I, I was like, I finally was like, you know, why am I like, why would I like put on, why, why would I like purposely just like put on these shows if like only, you know, like let's say five people show up even. Um, so I was like, there's gotta be a better way to do it, you know? So like from that point on, I never like officially booked another show and I started like, you know, writing instead, but also like learning like how to get music out like to more people like even if it's you know using the internet or whatever like even if i don't perform it i just want what i do to get into the hands of someone who wants to receive it and who wants to like you know listen to it and thinks it's good you know so like because in, in my mind it's like it's it's one thing to create it but like and then i ask myself well why am i creating it i must want someone to experience it beyond you know myself so like so right. that's where all like my energy went. And that's, that's why I don't have as many like performing stories after that. But then I, you know, I always told myself if I get into another situation, like a band situation musically, that it would like have to be like the perfect thing. And it just so happened that the angry young band, the Billy Joel like tribute band was like the perfect thing for me because that's who I based my like singing and like performing off of when I grew up, like when I was growing up is like when I sing to this day, I can hear myself and I'm like, Oh, I'm doing a Billy Joel thing. Like something that he would do because our, like our voices are in a similar, similar range. And we're both, right. from, we're both from like East coast. And so, you know, I was the initially the guitar player for that band. And, um, and there was another piano player. Um, he, he left. And then like, it was only like, I actually had to like audition for the piano spot in the band. Cause nobody knew that I could play. And, and, I really, I really can't play that well, but I can, I always grew up playing his music. So it was like the perfect situation. And um, anyway, after, so after I filled that spot and we started playing lots of shows, like there was a really, like, we did a few cool shows in my opinion, uh, but like the one was like down near the, um, um, it's, it's called, it's called Xfinity here, like Xfinity live. It's like the general complex where like the arenas are and stuff. And like, that was a that was like a really cool stage, really great sound. So like I look at video from that and I'm like, that was like the perfect like setup. And so that was that would be my like best best show. I think. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. And plus, yeah. like a learning experience to have that happen and then figure out you know how to get the most people to hear your music, whether it's internet or whatever, is pretty cool because you think about how much smaller the world is today for a musician to get stuff out there. Versus 20 years ago uh, or 30 years ago, whatever, where it's like, oh, I got to pay like 800 bucks for like studio time. And hopefully somebody can like hear this, you know, it's like instant now um, as far as distribution, which is great. Uh, but to your point or your story with the uh, angry young band and joining them, like I, I, that must have been a cool, uh, you know, experience for them. And they're like, oh, yeah, audition for this. And they had no idea that you were like Mr. Joel, you know, with uh, the stuff you can do. I think my it was parents a so, so so experience for them. It wasn't. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're awesome. My parents um, read a bar called the Crossroads in Pennsylvania, and I was talking to them maybe like two years ago, and they're like, "Oh, we saw this Billy Joel cover band last night. Like, they were fantastic." 
Um, and I was like, what were they called? And it was like angry young man. I was like, that's, that's my friend, Matt. And they're like, you know him? I was like, yes. Like he was, we like did YouTube videos together. Like, you, you know, you've seen him and they're like, oh my gosh, it was him. Uh, so it was really cool to have somebody like, you know, recognize you and bring that up. And that was a, that was a trip because I knew that you were from like that area and like, and I know I had spoken to them or like had some sort of exchange with them that, that night. And when you told me about that, I was like, Oh, Oh my gosh, that was them. Well, the town, there's probably a lot of inbreeding. So I was chance always related to somebody, no matter what um, <laughs> Pennsylvania. No, but um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a cool, uh, it's like a cool way to look at it. You know, they have, they have a plaque there that says uh, Matthew Clark is no longer allowed back in this town. So yeah, not allowed within 500 feet. Um, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. No, but, uh, but yeah, it's cool. That you guys, um, you know, we're able to come on and I know I've, I've, I've taken up a lot of your time, but I wanted to see if there's anything else you wanted to um, crowbar in or mention before we, uh, before we head out tonight. Besides when the next party yeah. is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Can we do that? <laughs> it's not tonight. I mean, uh... it's not happening. Uh, any live shows on. Okay. Final question. I, I have to ask this COVID-19 pandemic. We've all been affected by it. Um, and I didn't want to, I felt like the, the podcast, the show, the podcast, so it's always been a safe, you know, kind of place for people to talk. So let's just keep the rest of the meeting or the, the interview to um, questions about religion and Donald Trump. So what do you guys think? No. Um, <laughs> how did what were your thoughts on uh, COVID-19 and like live shows and everything was shut down? Were you worried like this is going to be a really long time? Like, how did you kind of navigate through that when everything just stopped? Yeah, I was, um, I had like the most booked 2020 I think I've ever had, which says a lot. And, um, I was definitely in a more positive space about it when it first happened. And I had like a bunch of shows, like two weeks after they started saying like things are getting a little dicey. Um, and I was like, oh, we're going to play in two weeks. Like it's not a big deal. And so I was more in like the kind of optimistic, uh, slash denial zone where it was like almost too much yeah. and then there were a couple of like crushing things that I was like certain they were going to happen like in the summer you know and then they didn't and then I just I eventually just let go of it all because it was just it was too much uh too much grief for it's me a lot yeah. yeah it was too much it was it was kind of devastating um so yeah but I, I did everything I could to stay positive and get through it the best way to look at it you know here here's here was my whole problem with the the shutdowns and all that and i'm not making this political by any means but you talk about like live live music okay i get it at first this thing's spreading rapidly you got to shut it down but there were there were still like so many musicians struggling uh and and shows canceled there's a lot of uh established you know famous musicians that were, were getting fed up with it because it really put a halt to your livelihood um, it, it was just crazy to me that you can be in an airplane, um, go anywhere you want, no problem. But like outdoor concerts were like, you can't do it, you know, shut them down. And I felt like that was a real struggle for a lot of musicians during that time to, yeah, to not and, be able to perform. Yeah. Cause I feel like so many people are like, and not to like compare anything, but like, we're all in this together. I'm like, are we? No, we're not. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely not in this like, together. I, 
I'm the first one to get shut down and now the last one to come back. So like, mm. I don't know if that's really accurate statement that we're just tossing around. So that was kind of, that was right. tough. That was well, yeah, we're not in this together. Physic- physically, we all were in it together, but like mentally and emotionally, we were in different places, right? Is right. It- we are kind of different, different plateaus during that whole thing, during yeah. this whole thing. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but yeah, that just, I remember just, you know, during, during the pandemic and everything, just all the things that were canceled uh, and specifically with, with concerts and things like that. Um, it was just wild. Um, I think the only concert that was still going on in full force was like Clapton, you know, he was playing like in Florida, sold out Tampa. Uh, and, and I remember my dad's like, you want to go see Clapton in Florida? I was like, ah, I think I'm okay right now. I'm a little, it was, it was like pretty early on. It was kind of wild. Was he, I was like, was I'm he, a little afraid. Was he just like playing like, like a loop in Florida? Like, cause that's probably one of the only places. It was like Louisiana, Florida back in the day. But, um, oh, but yeah. But anyway, um, can I, let t- me just, let me just do one more thing. Cause I had the surprise. Please. Uh, oh yeah. Like, I forgot. Probably not even a surprise. I don't know. What, what is what that? This is a, uh, this is a picture from the, the first night that we met. Wait. Oh, back it, gonna... it up a little bit. Right, let's see. It's just a block. <laughs> I know. Wait, why is it? Do- oh, I know why it's doing that because um, it's like it's the, the ring. All our faces the... are. Oh, wait, I see wait, it. I think I can get it in. In there somewhere. Back it up. A l- there you go. Ah, it's still blurry, but it's there. You know what? I could. I'll send you the- send it to me and I'll, I'll like <laughs> splice it in. That's that's but awesome. I, I came across this today and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's a document of our we're both holding beers, holding our thumbs up like this. And that was at uh, your your party, Paloma. That's oh my god! Oh, that was a great night. Yeah, Paloma, do you still have multiple motorcycles that you zoom around in? Multiple. I only had one before. Oh, I thought you had a few. I wish. No, do, I do you still my, ride? No, I sold my bike a couple of years ago. Yeah, I thought that was cool. You know, I, I remember when I first met you. Like, yeah, motorcycle. I had nothing to bring to the table. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I like to jet ski or something stupid. <laughs> like, That's I the motorcycle, of, motorcycle of the water. Of the- <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the motorcycle of the water. Um, but anyway, that's a cool picture. But um, I just want to thank you guys for coming on. It'll be your time tonight. But uh, I want to thank you so much, Paloma Estevez and Matt Marino, for coming on the show. Um, check out all their work and follow them on Instagram. Um, and just, yeah, it means a lot to that you guys took the time to come on and to catch up and, uh, really appreciate it. Really good. It was, it was a lot, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Really great catching up with you too. Thank you. You too. Uh, tweet us at the underscore podcast. So listen to all the shows free on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Roku, uh, and anywhere the podcast live. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Well, I'm on the down Easter Alexa and I'm Tonight